And we're back. It's a brand new week, a brand new Boomer Memes. It's me, Ian Sharp, here sitting solo this time. This is our end of the year special. This is our final episode of 2022. Of course, this should be coming out on a Friday. That means, holy crap, guys, it's almost New Year's Eve. So I hope you guys found people to celebrate with. Hope you found loved ones to spend time with. I know there's been a lot of that in the past few weeks as this is the season for that. Um, I, I'll tell you, I you know, congratulations, I guess, if you're listening. Like four different friend couples got engaged this weekend. That's crazy. I mean, good for you guys. I'm happy for you. I'm not like, it's not crazy. Like, why are they doing a stupid thing like that? Good for them. I'm, I'm happy for them. It's just, I don't think I've ever seen it happen that with that many people I know all within the same span of time. I, I told uh, the lady I've been talking to, and she said it was the season. It was tis the season. I, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Is that a Chris? Is that a Christmas like thing that people, I mean, you know, you see the Hallmark movies where it happens and people get engaged, but uh you know, I figure that's a movie thing. You you know, it seems like it happens all the time, just, you know, on its own. It seems like it doesn't need to be, I don't know. I don't know. You know, again, good for them. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. It's just, it's just a, a weird coincidence, you know? So anyway, um, I'm not getting married. I, like I said, I've been seeing a lady. It's, it's been going well. I don't want to jinx it or put too much of that you know, out in the public, but, um, you know, your, your boy's been, uh, more, uh, a little less on edge, a little less, uh, uh, angry for no reason. So, um, now I've got a good reason. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, it's, you know, it, I guess, I guess it is the season. I guess it's uh, snuggle season cause it's so cold out. We just got over a really harsh cold weekend here. Uh, it's been 10 degrees outside pretty much the whole time. It's starting to warm up a little bit now, but it still sucks. I got to get out early this morning. Uh, ran out of toilet paper last night. Got right down to the wire. The very last poop I had to take was at the very end of the night. And I was like, well, I know the first thing I'm doing tomorrow morning. And I got up and I did it. Cooked myself a breakfast. And you know what? It's a Monday as of recording this. I'm off work. And uh, I figured, you know, let's cook a breakfast. Let's let's run our errands. And let's go ahead and crank out this BM. I've got plenty of toilet paper, so we're there. Um, but, you know, I wanted to get together with you guys and uh, I wanted to talk about just basically the way the show's been going, and more importantly, where I want the show to go in 2023. I think that's an important discussion to have. You know, last week I had uh, Jeff Greenspan on. It was really, I think, a really good conversation. I think we we said a lot of cool things. I do want to say I don't 100% agree with every single point of view he has during the course of, course of that conversation. I didn't push back on much because... The week before when I had Bridget on, I felt like I talked over her too much and I felt like she didn't get to say probably everything she wanted to say. Just looking at the wavelengths during editing, I could see how big my chunks were and then how hers were less. And so it felt more like, she, you know, I was her guest in a way. And it just I, I, I wanted to I wanted to make a note of that and do better. And so with Jeff, I really tried to let him drive and he's really good at that anyway. So, uh, he, he was able to, to jump in and I had a lot of half points that I wanted to make that never got finished because in what he was saying, we would pivot and then we would, I, my next would be in response to something he's saying, which is again, the way you want it to be when you have a guest, it's, it needs to be, I need to be more reactive to the guest, but I think it was not the great, not the best place 
for me to start trying to espouse my high-minded ideals and whatnot. So um, I do want to go over some of that. I don't want to. I don't think it's fair, really, to just sit here and counterpoint everything he said without him here to re- rebut. So it's not going to be like an attack because I think he is right in a lot of ways. I just think that it's only a part of the picture, if that makes sense. I think there is more that can be done in other avenues. Um, the main thing, I guess, that I took sort of take umbrage with, and it's not only him. There's other comics I've talked to in the past week who've made similar sort of comments to me, but I they hang out, so I'm pretty sure it's this shared school of thought amongst that friend group. But it's this idea that if you're not putting forth the same amount of work, I guess, by work grinding and going to every mic you possibly can and doing all of that sort of stuff, if you're not out here just really kicking ass and busting ass, what that means is that you don't want it. And I don't think that's a fair thing to say. I think especially in a town, we don't have an established industry here for comedy. That's that's a thing to keep in mind. So there's no no path has been set. You know, and like maybe there is a way to do it. And I, you know, you you get online, you see that there are a lot of commonalities, but I think that right now we are in one of the most um, transformative eras as far as the way things are typically done. I mean, we've already been through that within in the past decade uh, and even before that with music. The way the entire music industry operates has changed entirely. If you read a, a book about how to make it in music from 20 years ago, it's going to be worthless. You need the, the new book that came out. And, um, you know, we're seeing it start to happen a little bit with comedy and the way that things are um, are happening and the way people are making their careers by not following the traditional path. And I think that there's something to be said for that. So I, I do want to kind of push back on that. And before I go into all this, I do want to also make a point to say that one of the big things I'm really going to try next year is to, to stop letting this show be about comedy and more. I want to make it a funny show, if that makes sense. I want to actually put time in. I want to grind. I want to, I want to put the work in and I want to turn this into a product that people want to listen to rather than just my void to scream into, if that makes sense. I think it's been ever since Tanner stepped away, it's been kind of that. And um, that's why I've also, I think I've struggled with the guests is because I'm so used to just being in here and talking and ranting and going, but um, which that's what this one is, but hey, well, you know, We'll call this the end of an era, guys. We'll call this the end of uh, this being my sort of Bill Burr or Tim Dillon type show. I really want to make this something that is enjoyable and not just something that is practice. Because I think we're far enough in now to where the getting used to the process of making a podcast, I think I'm, I'm there. I think I figured out a lot. I've got a really good setup. This room is coming together great. I got a bunch of shelves moved in over uh, the weekend, so it's starting to come together. It's in a place where it can actually really come together. I got some better guidance on how to, to hang insulation. I mean, everything's coming together great for this. So I think now I can pivot my focus into really trying to to provide a good product and not just learn how to do it. So, hey guys, we've all leveled up together. Or at least we, we're consciously making the decision to level up. I don't know actually what will happen yet because I really don't know what the format's going to turn into or how it's going to be funnier. It might be me doing rants, but that, I mean, I, I've learned that just the, the riffing and the, and the going doesn't really 
work in that way. I mean, if I had someone who was on my wavelength, because I, I riff really well with people all the time, but getting people who are like that to come sit down with me on a regular basis is not looking likely. So I need to think outside of the box again. I need to come up with a new strategy. And so we're there. We're, we're, we're figuring it out. That's what uh, that's what the point of this is. It's sort of my public declaration to make myself more accountable, if that makes sense. I'm putting it out there so that now people can say, hey, your show still sucks. What's What the fuck's up with that? And I go, oh, you know, I'm, I guess I need to go back to work. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so uh, that that's sort of where I'm at. So, so what I wanted to do with this episode and kind of, you know, to counteract against some of the things that I was saying earlier um, is I want to kind of lay out exactly what my life looks like and exactly what my strategy is. I keep talking about this vague out of the box strategy and not really giving details. And I, you know, I put some thought into it and I decided that, you know what, there's not really a reason for it to be secret. It's not some trade secret that I developed. It's, it's stuff I've gleaned off of other people picking and choosing what I like from some strategies and uh, stuff that I like from others and combining it together into my own. And, and it is a, a risk. I'm not pretending like this is a surefire path to success or anything. I mean, everything is a risk. Again, like I said, we don't have an established industry here. So there's no one really to learn from who's actually made a living from telling jokes on stage yet. I think everybody, even the most successful of us who are active in our local scene, have to have some other form of employment. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've, I've, I've misinterpreted. I don't know. Um, but I would like to really push forward in different directions than kind of the traditional mold because of some things that, that I'm about to talk about. So let's go over first. I want to go over what my week looks like and the reason why I don't believe that the grind um, is the only path. And, and I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not saying that other people can't follow that. I'm just saying it's a very traditional tried and true method. And if I've seen anything in the past, like I said, few couple decades is that traditions are kind of moving away and new paths are opening up. And so I would like to maybe be smart and try and get in on a new path. If that makes sense. I don't know. I was, I was, I was told the reason why I'm kind of doing this. I was told that I sound like I have an ego when I talk about this and that's not at all what I'm trying to say. I don't think it makes me better. I just think that the daily grind and getting stage time, no matter what is only good for a few things. And so it should only, if you, if you're clever, you can only really implement it for those things and still get the maximum benefit of doing it without a, a lot of unnecessary work that could better be allocated in other areas. Right? So like if I have a new bit that I haven't figured out yet and I haven't like quite spun the angle I want on it yet, then yes, it makes sense for me just to do stage time for stage time's sake, just to get used to saying the words, getting the rhythm of that words locked in and nailed down. That that makes absolute sense. Um, what I was saying when I said that, like, and I said last episode, and I said to this person, and that's what kind of uh, led to the, uh, the accusation of an ego, is that I feel like I moved past a point where I really benefit from that as much as I used to. And what I mean by that is it used to take me you know, a couple weeks of telling the same joke, a, a couple weeks worth of mics, I guess. So saying like, you know, it would, when we only had one mic a week, it was several weeks, you know, but it would, it would take me, you know, 10 or so times going up. And then I could really, you know, refine that joke down to the form where it works the best that it's going to, at least that I can figure out, you know? And, um, now I, I can pretty much do it in two. Like if, 
after telling a joke two times, I've got its basic skeleton down. And there may there will be and, and, and I, I said this, my writing style is very much um, where I'll start with a one liner and then it'll grow from there. So once I have that basic sort of one liner skeleton in place, then yes, over time, telling it, adding new bits, new things will come to me. But I don't actually have like a writing process where I just sit and say, this is my allocated time to write. I kind of just let jokes come to me. And, you know, sometimes I do, will sit down and have allocated time to put a set together. And during that process, new tags will come to me too. Sure. But I'm not just sitting down and saying I'm writing for writing's sake, even if, it, and, and, and I understand that's good advice. That's something that I could work harder at. I'm not pretending that I don't, but when I come up with an idea, it either hits or it doesn't. After two times, if I can't figure it out, that goes way to the back burner and I've got something else cooking that I'm ready to move to the front. So I'm more focused on getting out the best, hardest hitters that I can rather than really trying to make something that isn't working work, if that makes sense. And I've gotten better at writing faster now, so I'm, I'm, I've luckily got a nice backlog of stuff. And then, you know, as I work through that, if it slows down, that's when I'll revisit that stuff that wasn't quite hitting. And after taking a couple weeks off of it, off my mind and reapproaching it with a fresh mind, I can usually rewrite it and maybe get something usable out of it. So what I'm saying is it's pretending like, but the fact that I'm not just going up and reciting the same lines over and over, because also if I'm doing mics every night, that takes away time from my time of, of writing and sitting down and, uh, you know, structuring these jokes, because when I'm focused on performance, I'm focused on performance, if that makes sense. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, and I want to go over, like I said, what my time is. And, and I want to also be clear that this is not me just making excuses, right? I, I actually really don't like when people just make excuses because to me, what making excuses is, is it's when you're saying, you know, these are the reasons why I can't do something, but yet I still deserve the same output in the end regardless. And I don't think that's true at all. Like, it, like you know, Jeff mentioned that when he books for his boat show, um, he looks for people who come out to watch the show. He looks for people who he sees out grinding mics and it's his show and he's allowed to book it under any circumstances that he wants to. And like he said, it's a successful show. That's a su success speaks for itself. So I'm not here to question that. And I'm also not here to tell Jeff that he should book me regardless of that. Right. That's the thing that I want to want to make clear. Like I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying like, well, yeah, but not all of us can do that. So I think I should still, no, no, no. I understand what Jeff's method is and I respect that. And I'm not going to sit here and whine about why I should get on his shows. So let's, Let's completely uh, move past that. What I'm trying to do is state the reasons why my situation is a little bit different than maybe the traditional situation and how I'm trying to still use that to my advantage and still produce an output. Because that's the thing that I really think is the most important in all this. I think output. Um, I think that all of my strategy hinges around this idea, right? Like, Certain people really want to see work put in. They want to see the work happening, right? I think that is irrelevant if the output is there. And so what, where I want to get to a point is where, and, and I'll let me go back to my music days, right? There would be bands you would see that just are great dudes, awesome, awesome hangs, songs were fine, and, you know, they were fun to work with. So you wanted to book them on your shows, right? You wanted them to be around. Um, there were also guys who fucking sucked to be around. 
who were not fun hangs, but also had really good songs and could pull a crowd. You know what? You also wanted those people on your shows as well. You see people. What 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 I think it is, is is, you know, if if you can, if I can get to a point where I can build my own crowd, I can be the biggest asshole. I want. No, I'm just kidding. If I get to a point where I can build my own crowd and I can put butts in seats, independent of the infrastructure in place, right? In, independent of the open mic grind for other comics. Um, at that point, then, I mean, I, A, I don't need you to book me on your shows. I can just book my own shows and sustain, but you'll want to book me on your shows because I'll have, you know, even if it's not, I'm not even talking about like a, a packed out room, right? But let's say that I can demonstrate that putting me on a show is an extra 20 tickets you're going to sell every time that you're not going to sell if I'm not on the show. That's the place I would like to get to. And I, I mean, 20 tickets, right, is not a lot. It's not enough for me to headline. And, and let me go ahead and, and, and say this just for the, the, the people that think I have an ego. I don't think I'm a headliner. I do not think I'm a headliner. So, well, I'm just saying that. I mean, I, I think I could be a pretty strong feature, sure, but I'm not a headliner. So, so you know, egos aside, let's let's just say that. But if I can sell 20 tickets to, you know, there's not going to be any local comics going up at the Tivoli anytime soon here. Uh, so pretty much every venue, 20 t- tickets is a noticeable chunk. What what it is, is it's a first step. It's an attainable goal, right? It's a goal that I think can be easily achieved. It's not a lot of people, but it's 20 diehards who are going to come no matter what, because they know I'm going to put on a good show. So how do I get to that point? Well, do I do it by performing the same material in front of other local comics who've heard most of this material or just don't like me as a person and aren't excited to see me perform any material or, you know, are really just more focused on their own set that they're about to do and aren't really there to laugh at anybody. Um, I don't think that's how I'm going to do it. Like I said, there's value there. If I, if I have a new bit that needs work and I think if you're a younger comic and you're still learning, uh, you know, how to speak on stage and how to, you know, construct jokes and how to do all this stuff. I, I'm not taking away the value of the open mic system as a whole. I'm just saying in my particular case, I think, I think I'm a little bit past it guys. I think there's, it comes a point in a comics development where they outgrow the need for open mics in the same way. I mean, Especially like once you get big, you don't even need open mics because you can just drop in any showcase you want, you know, but that's not even where, I, where I'm, what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, I don't think it's egotistical of me to say that, like, look, I can't make that work. I've been doing it for 11 years now and that hasn't worked for me. You know, the reason I, I have a little bit of issue taking that kind of criticism is because it's, it's this is all this behavior and this mindset, it's all post pandemic, right? Pre pandemic, I was grinding. I was out as much as I possibly could be. I mean, granted, a little bit slower there leading up to it for sure. Uh, but there was a period where I was hitting every single mic and doing it all I could. And, and I know where that growth led and I know what happened as a result of that. And then I took all of 2020 off and still managed to grow. And so that's what I, where I, again, take a little bit of umbrage with that sort of philosophy. And again, I'm not saying that this, that my path is for everybody. It's just my path. All right. So 
I've been leading up to this. I'm going to say, let's break down my week, right? Let's go down through my week and I'll explain exactly how much time I have. So um, first off, Monday through Friday, we'll start on Monday and we'll work our way through, but just every day, Monday through Friday, I work a full-time job. I wish I didn't. I wish um, I could sustain myself off of, you know, podcasting and comedy to where I could quit and get to that point. Cause then I could pour even more energy back into everything. I could probably go to a lot more open mics that I don't really think that I need, but it would still at least show people that I want this or care, I guess. But my, but anyway, all I'm saying is I work Monday through Friday, 8 AM to 5 PM. And during that time, I really can't focus on other projects. I can do a little work here and there. I work from home, luckily. And even when I didn't, I could still get in a little bit of side work because my job is to answer phone calls. And if there's no phone calls, there's no phone calls. My my employers are very clear about that. They're not very, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean kind of people. My job is to be available to answer the phone. So as long as I'm available to answer the phone, when the phone isn't ringing, I'm free to kind of do pretty much whatever I want. Um, I've done a lot of D and D prep work. I, I've tried to write jokes and I'll tell you why writing jokes during this time is very difficult because those phone calls can come in at any time, right? They can come in at any time. So when I'm sitting there and I've got a really good idea and I'm about to put pen to page, or I'm about to start typing it in my Google docs, phone rings. And then I have to sit on a call and it's, of course, it's not a quick one because anytime I'm busy doing something, fate would not let me just have a quick, easy call. No, it's got to be some complicated one that I don't immediately know the answer to and then have to do some digging and investigating. Well, 25 minutes later, we end the call. I'm back now to my document and I have no fucking idea what I was going to write down. So it ends up being really frustrating and really disheartening. So while yes, I can get some work done during my work day on my side hustles, it's not at all reliable. And obviously since I'm being paid to do my job, that has to take priority. Sorry, everybody. Maybe I don't want it bad enough. Maybe I'm not willing to make that sacrifice to risk my well-being in exchange for my, uh, my craft, but you know, I don't know. Anyway, my, my point is that's every work day, Monday through Friday, right? So, well, what about in the evenings? Okay. So that's, that's where we're going to get a little more interesting, a little more willy nilly. We're going to, we're going to really dig into this. So get off work Monday, right? Um, Monday today is when I do my recording for this very show here. You see podcasting is part of the strategy. Most comedians now have a podcast. I do fully recognize, as I've said on this show before, this is at this point, a vanity project. It's an experiment. It's learning how to do a podcast. Um, It's not so much me hoping for success, but it's an infrastructure in place so that as these chips sort of fall into place, I've already got everything set up. I already have a Patreon. I don't have to worry about setting one of those up. It's there. Is it make, is it paying any bills for me? No, but I do appreciate those of you who are contributing. And if more of you want to see this show grow, by all means, please come to patreon.com slash boomer memes. However, that's part of why I'm rethinking the format of the show at this point is because I realized that asking people to sort of, I guess it's been sort of a Kickstarter method where it's like, Hey, give me the funding so I can make this show better. Isn't really working. And what I need to pivot to is just making the show good. And I think once the show's good, it'll be easier for people to go, Oh, I like that. I want more of that. And then here's a dollar a month or whatever. So that's 
that's my thinking um, there. So Mondays I record after work on Mondays. Well, there's no longer a Monday open mic. Uh, so that is um, not no longer an option. But when there were Monday open mics, I heard bad things and I heard bad things about all of them. I ran a Monday open mic that was very successful. Nobody's been able to uh, follow that heat, I guess. So I don't know. But anyway, what I also like to do on Monday nights is watch another, you know, live comedy podcast called Kill Tony. Kill Tony's a lot of fun. It's not always good. It's it's an open mic. You're watching an open mic on TV. Um, and I think there's things to learn from that. I think that watching people fail actually can give you a lot of insight into what not to do and will help you in your own writing, in your own joke construction, because you get to see in real time what all kinds of different people say and what a crowd of strangers, very enthusiastic strangers who are fans of the show aren't just going to go up and laugh at anybody. In fact, there are times where Tony will say, who likes it when people do good on this show? And then there's a, you know, a, a good applause. And then goes, who likes it when people do bad on this show? And a, you know, a roar of applause because, but you do want to see people succeed. But when people crash and burn, it's kind of glorious and it's a lesson. So I like watching it and I like inviting comics over to watch it, especially now that there's not an open mic. So, hey, if you're a local Chattanooga comic and you're free on Monday nights, come kick it. Watch Kill Tony with me. It's a good time. I have drinks. You can have drinks or you can not if you don't do that thing. Um, you can, you know, we can we, and we hang out, we laugh, we cut up, we make fun of the people on the stage. Um, and, you know, I like to play a game where I like to guess how long they've been doing it before they say it. I have a, I'm pretty close. Usually I'm not, I'm never like right on it's, it's sometimes I'm right on, but usually I'm within a year or two. Um, and you can, and it's just cool. And, and seeing that and being playing that game actually helps because then you can, you learn to spot the difference between a one year comic versus a two year comic versus a three year comic. And it puts things into perspective for yourself. It makes you go, okay, if every one year comic does bad and I've been in it a year, I, that's about the level I should expect to be at. So if you can then rise above that faster, Hey, that's good. So anyway, Monday nights, kill Tony. It's, it's a recreational thing. It's not work, but I feel like it applies and I feel like I get some benefit out of it. So that's my Mondays, Tuesdays, Tuesday is my editing day because I record on Monday and I don't like to record and then sit down and immediately go edit audio. I'm usually, my mouth is dry. I usually need a drink. I need a smoke. I, I want to unwind. And like I said, I've got people coming over for Kill Tony. So I can't sit and spend a few hours editing down a podcast, cutting out all of my, that, 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 and all of my, uh, uh, so I can't do that as well. So I don't do that. I wait till Tuesday and it is, it takes sometimes a few hours. It sometimes can take, you know, a while. The Dustin Lane episode, uh, because I didn't have any soundproofing up in this room yet, really took a lot of time to get it sounding. And I think, I think it came out pretty well. I, I think, you know, I learned a lot from that process. It took obviously a couple weeks to do just because of finding the time to do it. Also the, you know, the move and that this is where I get a little excusey is, um, Bryant moving out and me doing rearranging has been eating up a lot of my time as well. So whenever, you know, I have a little bit of downtime, I'm usually hanging pictures or moving furniture around. I just, this, uh, Christmas day, uh, no Christmas Eve. I'm sorry. Christmas Eve. Um, I was here by myself and I, got bored. So I rearranged my living room. Now, sure. I could have been writing jokes. I could have been doing a lot of things, but 
I needed the feng shui to change. And so I rearranged and cleaned my living room. Got it, uh, got it vacuumed a lot deeper than it's probably been in a while. I found a lot of fucking gross toenails behind the couch. I don't know if that was you, Bryant, but if so, fucking knock that shit off wherever you're living for the rest of your life. It might not have been you, Bryant. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe it was L. I don't know, but there was like a fucking ton of toenails that someone had peeled or clipped and dropped behind the fucking couch, and that was disgusting. So they're gone now. They're fucking gone now. But uh, please don't fucking do that anymore. Whoever whoever was doing it, <laughs> there's no way to. I didn't keep one to sample for DNA, but Jesus fucking Christ, you know. I think it's. Let's make the rest of the episode about this. How about that? Fuck your fucking toenail clippings and, you know, throw them in the garbage. Throw them in the fucking garbage. Whoever you are. You know, I don't want to blame Bryant. Bryant was just the last person to live here. Um, (laughs) But, you know, Elle was kind of a hippie. So I'm I'm more inclined to think it was Elle or maybe one of the one of her boyfriends or something who was over all the time when no one was watching. But that shit was gross because that couch was in that spot. You know, we moved it in when L moved in and then it had been in that spot for, uh, years and we, you know, I thought about moving it and never did. Now I moved it fucking toenails. <sighs> anyway, so Tuesdays I edit Tuesdays. I edit the show, get it ready. Wednesdays come along now, Tuesdays also when an open mic is. And so, yeah. I can either edit the show and have it ready to release on Friday. Oh, it's not even ready after I'm done editing. We're going to get further into my week. You can either edit the show or I can go do an open mic that so far has not been very good to me. And it's not anyone's, it's not Donnie's fault for running it or, or, or Courtney's fault. It's literally just that room attracts a clientele that doesn't think I'm that funny. Um, this past time I, you know, um, Jeff challenged me to go and I went And I performed and I did, you know, I did my material in a way that usually does well. And people did not laugh at my jokes. I know, right? But they weren't laughing hardly in anybody's jokes. So I feel like it was just one of those nights where people were there going through the motions. People weren't there to laugh. People were there waiting for their turn to tell their jokes, right? And that's going to happen sometimes. Sure. But I was a little upset and I came out and was like, that show was a waste of my time. Uh, and then that's when people got upset with me saying, Oh no, you don't, you know, what do you think you're too good for this? I'm like for that. Yeah. For the mic in general. No, I'm not saying the entire mic is a waste of time, but that particular night was, I could have been better. My time could have been better spent with other things. In fact, I pushed back the editing of the last episode because I went out Tuesday night and I don't know. I just didn't, didn't have a great time. Um, so that's my Tuesdays is editing. Um, and I, you know, it could, it, I could, I could knock it out pretty quick, but usually I don't knock it out in time to make it to the mic signups. If mic signups were just a little bit later, that'd be better, but you have to be there at seven 30 and you know, I get off work at five and I need to eat dinner. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a starving artist, clearly, if you've seen me and, uh, I need to, uh, you know, clean myself up a bit and then I sit down to edit. Well, by the time I'm done editing, it's usually like eight 30 or so. Now, if I could drop in late and get a spot, but I, my experience with that mic is late drop-ins 
usually get pushed to the very end of the show and I have to fucking work. So and look, it is what it is. I'm not asking for special treatments. I just better off if I just skip it most times, unless I happen to be off the next day or I don't have editing to do, you know, that's it's circumstantial, right? I'm not knocking the mic. I just think it's not a good fit for me, especially when, you know, I don't typically do well there. So, um, anyway, then there is Wednesday nights. We're moving on to Wednesdays on Wednesday nights. I typically record video for the, um, for the YouTube release because YouTube is an important platform. I think to, to make use of, if you want to do a podcast, sure. The audio formats are great. And I don't, I don't, honestly, like I said, I still have not checked my audio numbers for like Spotify and Apple and all those things. I don't know who's listening to this on what out there. Um, but YouTube is the main one that I interact with. It's the one I engage with and sure I could do just a static image, but why do that when you can do video and I want to learn how to edit video. So these sort of little, you know, right now I'm recording video game footage and using it as the, the video in the YouTube videos that takes editing and that's teaching me software and how to, how to work with all this stuff. And as I get this room together and I get some camera equipment and I can turn this into a video show that's going to become so much more labor intensive. So it's going to be even a a heavier burden on me. Um, The good thing is I won't have to record it on Wednesdays, but that's probably when the bulk of my video editing will occur is on Wednesdays. Um, All of this being done in this way so that I can have it exported and ready to upload. I can actually go ahead and upload it and set it as set a future publish date So that way I can go out on Thursdays, the mic that I enjoy going to and uh, actually work on my craft um, of standup. I think uh, I don't have to worry about it because I want the show to come out on Friday, right? So that's what my week looks like Monday through Friday. Well, what about Saturday or Sunday? Well, sometime during all this, I deserve to get to live a life and do some of the things that I want to do that are away from the world of comedy and podcasting, right? I think that's fair. So I think giving myself two days and you know what? Sometimes I do because sometimes I am on a show on a Saturday night. Sometimes I am, you know, hanging out with other comics and riffing and doing stuff. So it's not like it's just a complete separation. But man, I you know, I think that you need a life outside of comedy so that you have something other than comedy to talk about with people. That's kind of the problem I've been having on this show. <laughs> so I'd like to, you know, experience other things. I play D&D. I need a day for that. That's usually my Saturdays. That's not even every Saturday. It's every other Saturday. And lately, because we're adults and life gets in the fucking way, it's not even that frequent. It's usually there's, we miss a week or so. So, you know, I've also mentioned at the beginning of the show, I've been seeing a lady. Sometimes she likes to spend time with me. So I, you know, people talk about how other people can manage their time. That's fine. I'm not questioning that. I'm just laying out what my time looks like, what my schedule looks like and how I'm trying to make it work. So I'm not sitting here making excuses like, well, I can't go out to the mics because I got all this other stuff going on. No, I understand that. Right. So again, I'm not asking for special favors or special treatment because of all that. I'm like, well, I work hard, so you should still book me anyway. No, 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 no. I fuck that. I want to demonstrate that. I want to maybe use this show use. I don't know. Well, okay. So here, let's get into now, I guess what my long-term strategy is, because I think that's fair to say, because I, you know, again, like I said, I've been vague about it. I've been, um, 
not the most forthcoming. And I don't think there's any reason for that because it's not something that I think that no one else can follow, right? And and it's not something I'm trying to say everyone else should follow. It's just the way I think is that's going to work best for me, right? And that's to honestly focus on my output. Right now, I am writing on a pretty regular basis. And actually, the whole schedule I just laid out might be changing soon. I'm going to let the holidays pass by, but I have a very good lead. I, I mentioned it before, but I want to start my own show here in Chattanooga. I think it's going to be an open mic. I don't really want to, it's not going to be a showcase, but ideally it would lead into a showcase. Like I could do this mic and that would build up trust with this venue and it would build up uh, a rapport and they would let me every now and then book a showcase with some of the best people from my open mic. But uh, what is my open mic going to be? Well, it's going to be a writing prompt show. All right. I, I had a lot of success with a writing prompt show called Comedy Fight several years ago. This is the one I keep talking about, my very successful open mic. So what it was, was you had to, I had a wheel you'd spin and it would land on a different topic. And then the next week, all the comics would come back having written about that topic. And then two, I'd have a bracket where two would go head to head. I'd ding them for points. And it was kind of pointless, like whose line it is anyway, kind of like where it didn't really matter. And it was just for fun. The winner would move up the bracket and the ultimate winner got to close out the, the whole bracket series with a much longer set. Cause I think we did. Yeah. It was like normal sets. Also, I wanted to give a comics time to, you know, more time to, to work. So I gave seven minute sets. I said, we're going to have less comics on the list, but it's going to be seven minute sets. Um, cause at the time we had a lot of strong comics who could, who could support that and young comics it gave them an idea of what seven minutes felt like versus five. Um, and then, uh, at the end of that thing, I think someone got either a 10 or 15 minute set, something like that, where the winner got to do a longer set. Um, there's been a lot of people saying they want me to bring that show back. However, I don't know. I got burnt out on it. I don't like, I don't want to do, if I'm going to do something else, I want it to be something else. You know, uh, this project boomer memes will probably end at some point and then I'll do something that may be what the transformation is. I don't think so. I'm, I'm just kind of getting my wheels rolling here. So I, we're, we'll go ahead and say 2023 is going to be a boomer memes year. Uh, it's not going to be something else, but you know, that may change at some point. I don't want to do just the same open mic again. So I've been thinking about it and I've got a good idea. Um, it is a little bit of a kill Tony ripoff and I'm going to explain how it's different. Um, and why I think that's okay. Uh, cause I, cause honestly, I don't care. I'm not trying to like put this out as a podcast. I'm not trying to make it a national brand. So it's not in any way in competition or would even come close to being in competition with kill Tony. I just think it's a killer idea, a hell of a resource. I think it's something that we here in town could make use of, but unfortunately we don't have easy access to Austin, Texas and regular way to get on this massively successful show that he pulls from hundreds of names from a bucket. This will be a much smaller bucket, so it'll be a lot more regular, but it's kind of the same premise. Uh, the main difference is that as host of the show and to keep myself accountable, because that's the one thing that lacked from comedy fight was I didn't write a whole new five minutes on whatever the topic was every week, you know? Um, and there were only so many topics. So me being the host, I was just going to end up with these big chunks of, you know, you know, they're all generic topics like politics and family and things like that. But, um, we called it the wheel of hack premises. Anyway, uh, this time I'm going to open every show with a brand new minute. 
that because that's what comics have to write for this show. It has to be a minute. But unlike Kill Tony, and because it's a smaller scene and I, I have much better insight into this, it has to be a new minute. Do not come to me with a minute of your set. <laughs> you have to write a new minute to get on this show. Um, and if you waste our time, you'll you can get blacklisted. That's sort of the whole point. I'll open the show. I'll do a minute of brand new material. I'll have a guest on. The guest is going to be another veteran of the local comedy scene. And at that point, we will pull names from a bucket of so every every pull is a bucket pull. It's all random. There's no preference or priority, no show building. Um, over time, I might start if if the scene gets big enough and warrants it, I could see myself adding regulars like Kill Tony does. But at this point, not even going to go there. Um, I'll pull names from this bucket, and they will come up and perform a brand new minute of material. And afterwards, we'll critique them. Like in on Kill Tony, it's kind of an interview section. I don't really think that that's that good. That makes for a good podcast for a live show where you're going to be seeing the same people up every week, you know? So what's new this week doesn't really cut it. Um, but I would like to maybe have me and the guest um, offer notes on the minute and say like, look, well, here's what worked for me. Here's what didn't work for me. And we kind of break that down. If the person is, if the minute is ridiculous, the person's ridiculous, whatever. I also want to open it up to anyone who signs up is consenting to being roasted. So don't be surprised if that starts happening, um, especially if you are particularly terrible, like not bad at comedy, just bad as a person uh, will absolutely roast the shit out of you. Um, that's sort of the vision I have in my head for it. How it'll actually play out may be different, but um, that's that. Then at the end of the show, see, during the show, I've been making notes and the guest has been making notes to try and figure out who our favorite minute of the night is, right? So... I'll have a name and the guest will have a name and we're not going to talk to each other about who these names are. And at the end of the night, if we pick the same name, then that'll be something. But basically both names are going to get to do close the show out with a five minute set of their choosing. They get to do any of their prepared material, anything like that. They could you know, expand on that minute. If that's what they want to do, it's, it's their, their five minutes. If both names are the same, that becomes a 10 minute set that they can use. If they don't have 10 minutes, they can go seven or whatever. It doesn't have to fill that up. And then actually closing out the show, we will let the uh, guest kind of do whatever they think they want to do. If it's 10, whatever, if it's 15, I don't don't care. Uh, We're not, I don't think we'll be that crunched for time. Um, That does mean not everyone. It is sort of a, you show up and you might not get on this week, but Hey, then you've got a minute you can bring back next week. Just don't do it. You know, but between now and then save it punch it up, work on it. But I think this will flood a, 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 the, the benefits of this kind of show are that it, a, it forces people to write. Um, it's super welcoming to new people. If someone has never done stand up before, um, even doing a three minute set is kind of a lot to ask. You know, a lot of people don't realize how much time that actually is once they're on stage, but a lot of people can just write a minute. And so I think that the the benefit of like, so this would be a, a show that as a comic who's just looking to do stage time and work on your material, this may not be one you want to make, but I think it's fun to participate in. It gets you, it, it hopefully it pulls people out from the non-comedy sector um, who will come out and now see it and it builds rapport with those people, perhaps helps add to your fan base. You know, I think, I think it's going to be a good thing. I think it's a good idea. 
Um, another thing, and this is not an innovation. I've actually done a whole episode, not a whole episode, but I did a big chunk of a previous episode a way back um, on, on this topic. But um, one thing that I'm going to start doing at this show that I would like for people to uh, other people to adopt if they want, if they think it's a good idea, I, I'm by no means claiming ownership of this idea. But that's to start giving off uh, when you, you put the list out, have a section for people to write their social down, their their social media and um, just one. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to read it to the best of my ability. So as a comic, it behooves you to have a very easy to say and easy to find and easy to remember social and not something that's super complicated with a bunch of random numbers at the end of it. And like you know, spelled a weird way and a heart, you know, an obscure name or something. It's, it's best to keep it as related to yourself as, as possible. If that's a link tree, linktree.com slash, you know, comedy or something, you know, com- comedian's name. Um, that works. Mine is easy. I made mine super easy. It's Ian sharp comedy.com. And it takes you to all my socials. It takes you to my link tree. So, I mean, you know, a domain is like 15 bucks a year. <laughs> it's really affordable. Um, I, I recommend like all comics, just get a domain and set it to your link tree. You don't have to know, you don't have to have a real website if you're not a professional yet. So, but it, it makes it super easy. If I guess so go to, you know, DaveHanna.com. you know, I'm throwing Dave's name out there, but, uh, I think that, you know, if Dave got him a website and made it DaveHanna.com, and he came on my show, it would be super easy for me to say, Hey, you like Dave, go find Dave at DaveHanna.com." And people who liked Dave will remember that they can pull it up on their phone right then and there and go there and bookmark it so that they remember to look at it later. So I think that is another thing. And it's going to, that is part of my idea of how to build a fan base, how to not rely on the people who just go to open mics to sort of build your crowd out of, but instead to pick up fans who now can follow you and, and keep up with you and people who want to keep supporting you. Um, I think fostering that sort of thing is not just good for me. It's good for the scene as a whole. So that's kind of my idea. And that is probably going to be on Monday nights, which means I'm going to have to shuffle that whole schedule. I just threw out around, but obviously for good cause. And I mean, I think I can do it. It just means probably means my Tuesday is going to be a lot later on in the night. It means I probably definitely won't make any Tuesday night mics is what that, that will mean. And then I might be able to make, a, uh, you know, a Wednesday mic, if I can get enough done on a Tuesday, but once edit, once video gets, comes into the picture, I honestly don't know what that's going to take yet. So I don't want to make any crazy promises or, or goals on that regard yet. Uh, but I do want to make sure I can maintain Thursdays, even if I'm still doing Mondays, Monday and Thursday, that's two mics a week when I'm running, I'm definitely writing new stuff because what'll probably happen is I'll write my new minute for Monday. And then Thursday I can show up and have expanded on that minute and turn it into maybe a two minute chunk or a two minute bit, maybe even fill up the whole five minutes on that same idea. I don't know yet, but my point is, is that it, and then I can spend my weekend coming up with a new minute. It's easy to write a minute. I can do that in a weekend. Um, and so, you know, but doing it every week is tough, especially good. Sometimes my minutes are going to suck. That's just the way comedy writing works. You don't hit every, every joke. Um, and then per my own rules, I don't get to come back the next week and, and punch that up. If I think it's got promise, I can take that then to Thursday and work on it, but I, I have to do something brand new every week. So that's going to be a, a really big challenge, but I think it's cool. And I think through that I can start developing a rapport for myself, building an audience. Um, 
through that, I can promote this podcast and hopefully it'll be actually fun to listen to. And then people will tell their friends, oh man, you got to hear the new boomer memes. Oh man, the guy hosts a show on Monday nights. You got to go to that. And it sort of becomes this self-feeding monster that I think, you know, as long as I can reach the right audience and get the right people to pay attention, I know there's an audience out there. Um, one thing that I touched on with Jeff that I did get sidetracked on is the idea of a niche audience. I think that's something that I'm really focused on. I think that there's one that the way that that comedy's being approached right now or the common wisdom of how to approach stand up is really good advice in the traditional structure for becoming a mainstream successful comedian. Um I mean re- really not. No, I don't think that I'm, that was probably bullshit. I'm just going to say that's probably bullshit. Um but I do think that there's other paths. And I know this from my time in music. See, I played a little genre known as heavy metal. Now, heavy metal is very popular in mainstream. There are very popular and mainstream heavy metal bands, but by and large, it is still very underground. Um, most of the bands I listen to, if you're not into metal, you've never even heard of them. You know, like when Dustin was on, we were talking about Slipknot and Metallica. Those are two that pretty much everybody's heard of. Right. But the two that, uh, that or the the two the many bands that I listen to probably you know I mean if you're into metal I don't think I like have this super deep obscure underground taste anymore like I used to I mean some bands probably but like I think definitely like as far as like bands that you if you're not into metal at all you probably don't know exist you know and that, I think that's true for a lot of genres and a lot of people who listen to a lot of different styles of music I don't know the newest. EDM artists or the newest jam bands, or if those are, that's even still what kids are into. I have no idea. I'm I'm so out of touch with all that stuff. But my point is, is that there are people, even though metal is never going to be like most metal bands are never going to be wildly successful. They're never going to be on television. They're never going to be on, you know, movie soundtracks or like iconic pop culture zeitgeist songs that everyone knows you know if you think about like the soundtrack to top gun i watched the top gun movies recently that's why it's in my head but um if you think about like the songs from that movie and how all of them stick in your head um especially after watching it i i had those songs in my head all weekend long um i don't think metal is ever going to be quite at that level but it's sustainable you can build a sustainable audience off of that there are Die hard, passionate fans. And so I think that uh, catering to a particular niche, you're not, like the way Jeff was thinking of it when he, we were talking last week, he mentioned waiting for a particular niche to come around. Whereas I'm talking about a grassroots effort to build it up. Um, and that's where a lot of my focus into supporting the scene and helping young comics come up and getting them an audience, because if they have an audience and I can perform uh, you know, in front of that, that their audience. And I pick up some fans, um, you know, our buddy, Patrick Redden, a uh, pretty new comic in town. He's starting to, he was starting to get, uh, you know, some traction. He hasn't been coming out as much, but he, I mean, he was starting to get pretty good there. And I mean, one of those dark humor shows, he pulled a lot of his friends out too. And a lot of those kids came up to me after the show and wanted my, you know, social information, wanted to follow me and wanted to, you know, they said I was hilarious and wanted to, see where, you know, what I was doing next. And so I think that, that, that showed me that, look, there's more to this than the way we've been approaching it. And we can, we, we're in an opportunity right now where we can come in and really change sort of the way that, not the way things are done entirely, 
but the way things have to be done every time. I think, like I said, we're in a very transformative era. Things are opening up in ways that we never knew were possible. You know, you know, no, Chattanooga has never had a thriving comedy industry. We've had one club for most of our existence. And then the local comedy scene was meh. I mean, we've, you know, I think the biggest success story is Corey Forrester and he's not even really from Chattanooga. Although I would say the Chattanooga area, I would consider Corey a local, a local guy. Um, but I do think that as far as like a sustainable, you know, trough of Chattanooga comedians who can come and crush and draw a crowd. I don't think we've ever had that. I mean, I know like we've, we talked about how well Andrew's doing. I know that this weekend they did a show on Christmas Eve at the comedy catch, or it was on Friday night, I think at the comedy catch. And um, from what everyone was saying, it did really well. Uh, ticket sales apparently did really well on it. And that looked like, I think that he was headlining that. So, I mean, that's, that's good. That was one of my challenges uh, was going to be like, you know, if you, you know, see where you're at by booking yourself a headliner. And he, he went and did that. And, you know, I have nothing but, but, uh, you know, positive things to say about that. I don't think that, and he is following, like I said, the more tried and true traditional method. So again, it's not that it doesn't work. It's not that it can't work. That's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm just saying that that is not a good fit for everybody. He's been able to figure out how to fit that sort of method into his life and it is producing a pretty good output. And I am merely presenting the hypothesis that there might be other methods um, and that really the method is very secondary to the output. So, you know, I don't care. I don't give a shit what other comics think of my method. I really don't um, because output is undeniable. And that's, that's where I'm trying to get to, um, you know, in the end of the day, other comics aren't the people I'm selling tickets to other comics. Aren't the people who's going to build me a career and keep me afloat. Um, uh, I don't really want to be someone I want to build. I want to be self-made too. I don't want to be someone who, um, got my break by being on someone else's coattails. You know, I don't want to be someone who got my break by being, um, you know, and, and honestly, that's how it works in music. You know, in music, there's, you know, you're a young indie band and you play as an opener for a lot of, uh, more badass bands. And then eventually one of them who's at a level where they get some freedom or it was either at the very lower level of starting to make it or at the very highest levels of making it that whole middle range. You don't really get a say who you tour with that much, um, because it, there's so many different factors involved in it. But, um, you know, ideally the, the, the hope is that you'll, someone else will see you and like you who has a little bit more pull and will take you out with them. Like we, we had that with a band called with blood comes cleansing. They were planning a tour and we're like, we need a band to open for us. And we think you're the one. And we're like, thank you guys so much. And we did that. And that put us in front of eyes all over the country. It put us in front of Sumerian records. It put us in front of the band animosity, which actually that's what put us in front of Sumerian records. But regard, shout out Evan Brewer, man. I hope things are going well for you. Is he still with, uh, in Theos, I don't think he is. I don't. I, I'm so out of touch with all that. But anyway, Evan Brewer's a shit, amazing bass player. Go look that guy up. Anyway, he helped us out a ton. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think that now that comedy is so much more of a personal thing, where it's less collaborative. You know, it is my baby. I don't need to. You know, I don't work with other people to make my end product happen. Yeah, there's some ego there, and yes, I. I I, it's not that I think I'm better than everybody. It's that I think I can become better than everybody. So I want to try. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like a little bit of, a little bit of realism when looking at it. And I'd like a little bit of, you know, benefit of the doubt and say like, look, 
I acknowledge the fact that this may not work out for me. This may not be the, which is why I'm not willing to fucking throw my day job in the garbage. You know, this may all be just a vanity thing. This may just be a thing, but, but to say that someone who's not out grinding every mic doesn't want it as bad as someone who is, I don't think it's very fair. And I, I think if you're treating people like that, if you're, if you're seeing people who don't want it, uh, in your mind, don't want it. And so you treat them as they don't want it. That's shitty. And I think that, that anyone who's doing that right now should probably take a look and maybe realize that that's maybe why we don't have this close comedy connection, like this, this close community, like we want is because there's too many people trying to dictate methods for other people. Um, instead, Look at output. And if people don't have the output, they don't have the output. And that's that's the end of the day. And like I said, I don't think I'm a headliner. I don't think I have the output to headline. I am working towards that. I'm building a set. I'm whittling it down. It's going to take me a little bit longer than it takes most people. Ari Shafir just spent five years putting together his Jew special. Um, that's not an insult. That's what it's actually called. Uh, his fucking Jew special. That sounds bad. No, it's his, his special Jew. It's probably my favorite special of the year. Go check it out. It's free on YouTube. Um, speaking of transforming the way things are done. Um, but he spent five years putting that together. You know, and it's, it was a little bit longer than an hour. Sure. But it was still about an hour special. You know, and it eschews the whole like kind of ridiculous standard that Louis C.K. set when he was like new special every year. Most comics don't do that. Most comics, maybe about two years. Some do it every year. But like. You'll notice, like, I mean, I've, I've noticed some of the Netflix comics tend to do it a little bit faster, and you do see sort of a decline. And I'm, I'm looking at you, Dave Chappelle. I know you're the greatest living comic of all time, according to a lot of people. I think you're pretty good. Dave, buddy, I think you're working too fast, and you're you're not changing up your subject matter enough. And, man, I it's like every, when you came, after your comeback, it's like every special I liked a lot. I liked a little bit less. I liked a little bit less. I liked a little bit less. The closer had some good bits in it. I mean, dude, the dude's a genius. But like, anyway, I don't want to go into all that. I've I've said what I how I feel about Dave and and uh, you know that whole controversy, um, which you know I think has been handled poorly by by Dave. Even though I even though I necessarily sort of agree with him out of the principle, I don't agree with his actual points. I agree with the the whole like sort of free speech principle to a degree. I could do a whole nother episode about that, um, which I probably should. I watched a really cool thing on it recently, but um, I'm going way off topic here talking about fucking Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle doesn't matter. No other comics matter. What, the only thing that matters is me and my connection to my audience that I have to build. Um, and if I and do I think I can get there on my own? I mean, I want to try, you know, and if other comics think, hey, man, this guy's trying, he's doing you know, a lot of good work, his, his output, when he goes up on stage and delivers jokes and people laugh at it, you know, that, that'll tell you everything. Now, granted, like I said, when I do a, when I do comedy for a room full of other comics with maybe two other non-comics in the room, I don't do as well. And you know what? I, I got told that, that rooms like JJ's, which do have better crowds, different people every week, all responding well to me, by and large, uh, when I get told that that's easy mode, which is a thing that was said to me, well, easy mode is what you want. You know, I could argue that, uh, you know, well, I, I'm a, I'm a truck driver, right? But if I want to be the greatest truck driver, I should learn how to drive a truck 
that's also a plane, you know, well, learning how to fly a plane, make you a better truck driver. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it might. Is it harder? Sure. Are you, do, do, oh, you, did you rise to a challenge by learning to fly a plane? Sure. But are, do, do you want to be a, a pilot or do you want to be a truck? Oh, I want to be a truck driver. Then you should probably practice driving trucks. I don't care if driving trucks is easy mode. That's what you're trying to do. So I don't, I don't accept that. So again, I know this has felt very like whiny and very, I just thought it was fair. I needed to get this out. I think this was just a good thing. I wanted to focus on myself unless other people, I did of course have to respond to things other people have said, but again, I respect like what, you know, I mentioned Jeff primarily by name. He was my last guest and, um, you know, I respect what Jeff is doing. Jeff is entitled to do things his own way. And I encourage that. I think like, again, as he said it, and it's true, the success of his show speaks for itself. Um, You should go see his show. I'll I'll encourage that. I put, if you go to his episode, I put the link to where you can buy tickets in the show notes. So you can go there and uh, give it and and buy your tickets and and go, go have a good fun comedy night. I, I support that. I want there to be more comedy in town and I want all kinds of different people doing it from all different walks of life, approaching it in all different kinds of ways. That is the ultimate point that I would like to bring up. And I also would like to say that if I'm going to do an open mic, I don't want it to be a comics open mic. If I run my show and it's two months of only comics coming out, I'm probably not going to keep doing it. Sorry guys. But you know, as, as I mentioned, my schedule's pretty full these days and piling another thing onto it. Well, yes, will make me a better comic. will help with things. You might see the quality of this show decline and that's not, I don't want that either. So um, y- y- again, I, I think that like, defining what hard work is down a very narrow path based on what has always been true versus now that we live in a time where, you know, with social media and the internet, you can, you can, you can find like, there are bands that were getting, I got, I remember getting mad about this too, back in the MySpace days, there's a band, you guys, little band, indie band, you guys may have heard of called panic at the disco. Right. And I remember back in the MySpace days, you could tell when a band was getting popular, by those walls of text that everybody put on their MySpace bios of all the bands that they listened to, right? And especially girls and boys who were involved in like the C, the X scene X, you know, the 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 hot topic. I don't like saying people call it emo, but like it was so much more than that. Like I, we were very heavy and not emo at all, but we were still, you know, a sibling scene of that. So it all kind of gets lumped in together. But you'd see this big wall of list of bands that people would listen to. And Panic at the Disco was one you'd see all the fucking time. You don't want to know a fun fact about Panic at the Disco? They got signed to a label before they ever played a live show. And I was fucking pissed to find that out. I was so upset for the fact that, what the fuck? They just got handed a fucking opportunity that they didn't work for, you know? Um... But over time, I've come to rethink that. And, you know, you listen to their songs. The songs speak for themselves. The output speaks for itself. The method is completely irrelevant. They put out songs that people want to pay for and listen to. That's all there is to it. And that's that's what I want to do is put out jokes that people want to pay for and listen to. I don't care if someone doesn't think I'm going to enough open mics. If I'm not going to enough open mics and I'm not writing jokes that people are laughing at, that's a very valid problem to have then. But at present I'm doing pretty well as far as like engaging with audiences. I had the one miss on Tuesday night and it was exactly what I was talking about and exactly what I kind of expected. 
And it's exactly what it wasn't me alone. If it was me alone, I'd be like, fuck, you know, I just don't, this room just doesn't like me, you know, but it was the fact that it was almost everybody. I I know two comics (laughs) who did pretty well. Uh, One was an older gentleman who sat, got, went up and told street jokes and uh, you know, we all know what that is and why that happens. And that's fine. It is what it is, but it was funny. They were funny street jokes. I laughed at them, but you know, that wasn't real comedy, you know, um, it's, it's fine for what I didn't, I'm not going to go tell that dude that it'll, it'll sort itself out. But, uh, and the other was, um, a friend of the show. I don't think he's ever been on, but Elijah Cron, um, he went up and, and did great, but also his jokes are more geared to the awkward situations and the, and the, the, you know, he is sort of a comics comic in a way. So if anyone was going to do well in that sort of environment, it would be him. Um, and so I, you know, I mean, oh, that's me making excuses. It's just me stating a fact. Elijah crushes in rooms with comics. I've seen it happen so many fucking times. So good for him. I'm not, I mean, he, he did what we all were trying to do in there. So it's, you know, that's not, I'm, I'm not making excuses. He accomplished a goal that pretty much everyone else failed at. So, I mean, even the host of the show <laughs> was complaining about how people weren't laughing. So, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe that's what set up the tone of the show. Maybe it's all Donnie's fault. Oh, Donnie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hey, so I've been bitching about shit long enough. Uh, I think I've made my point pretty much with everything I wanted to say, um, just in laying out kind of what, where my mind's at, what my strategy is, what my goals are for the future. Um, you know, I, and I, I you know, I, I'm going to try that. That's what, that's what 2023 is going to be. It's going to be me applying this method, seeing what kind of success I can get from it. And if it doesn't work, then we'll reevaluate it later. I've got you know, plenty of life left to live, I hope. So we, we, you know, there's no, you know, like, like Jeff was saying last week, I feel old at 40. He's in his fifties and he started way later than I even am now. So it's like, I don't, you know, I think he said 47 was when he started. So like, I don't, that to me, if anything, that just tells me I've got more time to, uh, to really, uh, you know, figure out exactly what my angle is going to be. And if I need to pivot back to grinding mics, I will. But I don't think that that's the only path. And I don't think that that's, I mean, and look, if, if, if you're listening to this and you're a younger comic and you're using this as justification to say, oh yeah, I should, uh, I shouldn't have to go out to other mics because of what Ian said, that's not the same thing. And, and you need to look, do what I did, break down your week. If you've got a lot of empty time and a lot of spare time where you can go out to all these other mics, then, you know, by all means do it. But, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just. I'm just trying to make excuses for why I can't go to mics and why I deserve special treatment. That's all I'm trying to do here. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. But hey, listen, I've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, I, first off, right off the bat, it's not a book show, but it's going to be a good time. You know, I, I bitched about the Pax Room mic on Tuesdays, this whole episode, basically. And um, But I am going to give it another shot. I'm going to give it another chance. It comes back on January 3rd. That's its next one. And that's going to be this guy's 40th birthday. So I would like to humbly invite everyone out to Pax Brew Room on Tuesday, January 3rd. I have not negotiated any kind of special set. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. If it's just going to be, if I'm just a normal name in the bucket, or if he's going to put me as the headliner and make me do longer time. I don't know that yet. I mean, usually that's kind of the way it works, but I don't, you know, I'm not asking for that. So I don't, I don't know. Um, but we'll see, but I'd like to see a lot of my friends come out, um, and stick around. Don't just come for me, come and laugh at all the comics, give all the comics. there a good night. So that like, 
all the stuff I've been bitching about isn't a factor. And it is, it's let's make PAX brew room easy mode for my birthday. How about that? Let's do that. Let's make it easy mode so that every comic can have a great night. That's what I want my birthday present to be is to give the scene a good night. Is that fair? Does that give me an ego? It probably gives me an ego to think I can pull that off, but that's at least what I'm putting out into the universe and what I'd like to see happen. So January 3rd, it's a Tuesday. It's free. No cover. You can come and watch a night of hilarious entertainment with pretty good drinks. I like the beer selection that PAX Brewroom keeps on tap, and they also have cocktails. So it's, a, it's you know, hey, just come, guys. Just come. So um, then following that, another thing I've got to spend time on, I've got to actually write uh, the script for this out. It's mostly done, but I've got a few fine details, and I've only got like three weeks to finish getting it put together. But hey... Adventure Fight's coming back to Chattacon. Well, coming to Chattacon. We've been, we were scheduled before, but I got COVID, so we couldn't go. Um, <laughs> but uh, this year we're, we're going to be back. Uh, we're going to be there uh, doing the show again. I've got a great lineup of comedians joining us for this event. It's going to be a great time. Um, you have to get a badge to uh, Chattacon to go. But hey, you know, Chattacon's fun. They have a con suite where there's free food and beer, free beer. That's right. Um, they have uh, panels. You can go watch people talk about nerd stuff. There's going to be gaming there. You can play Dungeons and Dragons. I might be in the game hall. You might get to play in a game with me. I'm not running any, but I might have some fun and roll some dice because that's what you do. The um, The vendor area is always worth checking out. There's always lots of cool nerdy knickknacks, t-shirts, baubles, um, you know, a lot of glass etched goods with nerdy stuff on it. Just it's a good time is all I'm saying. It's worth the price of admission and you get to see an adventure fight show on that Friday the 13th. So let's hope I don't die. All right. Um, and then coming up on February 14th, which you might recognize as a little holiday called Valentine's Day, uh, your boy is going to be performing a longer set at Hutton and Smith. Now that is, uh, of course, the brewery. It's on MLK. This is a free show as well, guys. Uh, it's a paying show for us because the uh, venue likes having us. But you guys can come watch some, a night of free comedy. Uh, it'll be a good time. I'll be doing a longer set than you normally get to see me do. I think there's beer specials. And you know what? It beats what most people try to do, make happen on Valentine's Day. You know, you'll try to get, you know, reservations to a restaurant. You still get there. There's still like an hour fucking wait. Uh, you finally get your table. The food uh, doesn't come out because the kitchen is stressed. So the food is comes out all shitty because they didn't make it right because they're just fucking you know, sweating their dicks off, trying to get everything out. Um, and then you, you know, your date's disappointed. You go home and you have some boring sex and then fucking go to sleep watching fucking, uh, true crime documentaries. And that's not a good Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving. That's not a good Valentine's day. Uh, it's not a good Thanksgiving either, but it's definitely not a good Valentine's day. So what I'm offering is you come out to Hutton and Smith, Watch the comedy that's happening. Jeff Greenspan's going to be there. You can see us go head to head. No, he, Jeff's a great comic. He's a good guy. Uh, come see, come see us uh, there. Uh, Chris will be on the show too. Chris Hill, he hosts the show. I don't know who else. Hopefully, some other funny people. But I have faith in Chris's ability to attract funny individuals. And um, you know, I'd say eat your dinner before. Maybe make a little, make a little nice dinner, or order some delivery or something, and then come see your comedy show. For free, you don't have to tell your date it's free, but they'll be impressed that you thought of this. Ooh, this is a little out of the way kind of thing that no one thought to ever do. And then you 
come and see a good comedy show. And then your night is over and you can go home and make sweet, sweet, passionate love by whatever way you define that to be. And it's none of my business. I certainly don't want to hear about that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I have to say about the stuff I've got going on. Um, as always, you can find more information about any of my shows. You can always find episodes of this podcast, uh, stuff about the bands I've been in other podcasts I've appeared on. All that can be found at iansharpcomedy.com. So go there, save it as a bookmark, visit it every day. Cause you never know when there's going to be new stuff. I've got merch for sale on there. If you want a t-shirt, um, to support the show and help, help it grow. Um, or if you, uh, really want to support the show, really prove that my vision has validity. You can go to patreon.com slash boomer memes and sign up at one of the fantastic tiers. And I have not really started producing any extra content for those other tiers yet. So I'm really just encouraging everyone to come in at the $1 level. But if you do want to give me more money, do it at the, at the understanding that the, the, the exclusive content is slow. It is planned. Um, but we have to get to a certain point before that's even really feasible. But if you do sign up at like the, the $10 level, I, you know, let me know that you want something cool and we'll do something. You know, I want to do, I want to make people happy. I don't want to be like a ripoff or like, yeah, you're giving me money for reasons, you know? Um, but if you support the show and you want to keep it going, you want to make sure that I don't get burnt out on this and just say, fuck it. Um, you know, sign up on the Patreon or buy a shirt or something. Uh, and then, um, look for me, um, in 2023 guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this has been, it's not, it's been, I think it's been necessary. I don't know if it's been fun, but it's been necessary. Uh, but thank you guys for sitting through this, hearing me out. If you think I'm full of shit, um, I don't care. Don't tell me, just keep it to yourself. If I am full of shit, I'll fail. It has nothing to do with you. So that's my plan. Thank you guys. Have a good week. See you next time. Boomer out. Boomer out.